It's Seba, the Southern Fried Witch, and this is episode 15. We are getting ready for Thanksgiving, and I'm getting ready to give my yearly talk on how Columbus was a piece of shit. So, but I'm also brought in a turkey, and by the time you hear this, Thanksgiving will be over, and many of you, even witches of you, will have already purchased your Christmas tree. Because, hey, y'all, it's our holiday. They just put a new name on it. It's fine with me. Call it anything you want. As long as that tree's lit up, I'm good. We will have already started to season our Yule Logs and prepare for that little ceremony. As much as I detest winter, I sure do like Yule. Just knowing that every single night after that, it gets one minute brighter Helps me to hang on. Love bringing back the light. We always get a good round of rise up old flame going together. Light enough candles to make the fire department want to come check us out. Our neighbors already think we're kind of crazy. They'll be alright. I think they're kind of crazy too. Nothing like a little execution device to really bring you around to the holidays. I'll stop, but... That's what we'll be doing. This particular episode may be a little bit light. I've got to get ready to start some of that Thanksgiving cooking, and I'm the matriarch, so nobody else is going to get it done. I usually start a day or two early, kind of get those pies cooked off, and damn, I tell y'all, don't we need two ovens at this time of the year? Any other time it would seem silly. It still seems silly to get two ovens just for Thanksgiving and Christmas, but I think if I had the money, I would probably do it. Anyway, I hope that y'all had a fairly drama-free Thanksgiving, or however you celebrate this week. I hope your mama didn't give you the roll eyes at the table, and I hope your uncle didn't try to grab your butt. I hope it was good. It's good over here for us. We don't put up with any ass hattery. We're going to have people from Mexico at our table, and we're going to have good old friends at our table. And by the end of the night, I think everyone's going to feel full and spoilt rotten. And to me, Thanksgiving's really just about that. So, all of our harvests are already completed. So, patch your belly. I'm sure it's just a little bit bigger. And let's settle in and see how long I can talk on this porch tonight. If it's a little bit shorter, I'll make it up to y'all later. Now, as I've told y'all, I get horribly melancholy around this time of the year. And I was sitting here looking out the window, looking at my mulberry tree, actually. She doesn't have any leaves on her right now. My mulberry trees are my favorite trees in my yard. Not only is mulberry wood harder than most woods, look it up, it really is. It's one of the very few trees that I've been able to research that can change its, um, for lack of a better word, sex. If there are not enough male trees, one will turn into one. 
And I reckon mulberry trees are my favorite because they're the gender-fluid species on my property. I'm not kidding, y'all. Did y'all know about this? Turns out whatever created all of us also created gender-fluid trees. They can be male and then be female, and they can even change back again. It's amazing, and it seems to occur based on need. So, we have this huge mulberry tree that is kind of on a property. It's about 12 feet over a house, so there's that. And it made a baby, or a bird shot out its babies, <laughs> and it grew, I guess, about 20 yards away. And then we have a couple of others on the other side of the property that are on our land. Now, the one that's over here, over the house, is ancient. Apparently way older than it's supposed to be. There's something with the land around here, y'all. I know an 85-year-old man who used to live at this place when he was a little boy. And that mulberry tree was there then. So, not normal. At least not for around here. And these are decidedly trees not bushes. But there's a way you can tell from the flowers, and there's a way you can tell from the berries who's a female and who's a male. And for the longest time, that one that's over there by that big one was just like its mama. It was a female. And I thought, well, shit. I really did want to have another tree on the property that I was positive was mine that was also a male. And this is before I found out that they were gender fluid. But I'd never seen it for myself. And the first year it put off a bunch of female flowers. And that rocked on for a couple of years. And of course it didn't have a whole lot of fruit. And then all of a damn sudden, it flipped. And she is now a male. She is now a he. And I haven't asked him what his new name is. But I just call him Tree, so it all works out. I love this tree because of its individuality. Because it's not like other trees on the property. I love all trees. But this particular tree just speaks to me. I've also noticed other trees don't like to live around them too much. I haven't done a lot of research on that. But there's just not a lot growing around them. Nothing close to their own, anyway. They have a special kind of magic. I'm sitting here looking at this mulberry tree that I love so much. Knowing what it's going to bring me again next year. How it feeds all the squirrels and the birds and me. Ooh, y'all. Mulberry jam is the shit. Next year we're going to go ahead and get that wine going. I finally got a carboy for it. But it brought me to the mind of being so different than everything around you. And how while that can hurt and often does hurt. Boy, there's a whole lot more magic there, isn't there? I mean, just look at this tree changing sexes anytime it wants. I'd say that's magical as hell. Now, y'all, I'm different. I don't fit into any group. I thought that I'd quit trying to. I recently have found that, nope, it snuck past me, but I tried again with some particular group in town. This particular group in town does a whole lot of good. And I won an award for it last year. 
But I've noticed that I don't get invited to the teas and the socials. And there's only, I think, one or two people in the whole group that will have anything to really do with me. My own damn fault. I didn't have the money to keep up with them. I drive a beat-up old van, and that's how I would come to meetings, and I can't afford to have my hair professionally done, and it's way too short, I think, for their taste anyway. I don't live in the right place in town. I sure don't go to their church. Yes, that was a wine glass. You caught me. Something happened that kindly hurt my feelings and brought a lot of old hurt back up in my life. And it's something I have to work out. There's a meeting of this particular association coming up real soon, and it's sort of the big dog. Well, not real soon. I think it's in February. That's where they give out all kinds of goodies and awards and congratulate everyone on how much money their husbands make. And at this meeting last year, I about killed myself to buy a new sweater. Tried to tame my lipstick down a little bit. Fancied it up. I got rightly offended. This is an open association. I'm going to leave all of that identifying information out. And they held their meeting at a church, which is fine with me. I do not catch on fire when I walk in one of those. That's fine. It was a little off-putting for me and another woman that was a Muslim in the group. And I think also for the only African-American woman that was there in a room full of about 200 folks. But it wasn't until they insisted that the entire association bow their heads in prayer that I got rightly pissed off. I absolutely fucking refused. It is not part of the requirements. Hell, they're sponsored by the state. Now, that should have been my first hint. After all, this is Alabama. But that is how they began. They thanked their Lord, making it quite awkward for the rest of us in the room. After all, it's double trouble when you're in a church. But that's sort of what it's like down here, y'all. Part of the game. After having gone through this for about a week and having called an old friend to kind of figure this out, I had been thinking I would just walk away from this association. Just walk. Not try anymore. Take my ball and go home. Because the alternative had not yet occurred to me to put on my rock and roll t-shirt and my lace-up moccasin boots and my long trench coat and stomp my happy ass up in that place in February the way I really am. But it has occurred to me now. Kind of want to write him a letter and say, guess who's coming to dinner? You know, when you sue your employer for firing you because you're a witch, work can get out that you are litigious. It can keep a lot of doors closed for you, for your career, social circles, things like that. But it occurred to me very, very recently that it could also kind of be an insurance policy. If someone were to do that to me again, my lawyer's going to have his phone burning up so damn quick he's going to think someone shot a rocket through it. And so I'm going as me. Uh, 
I hope I start a real ruckus. This little witch is ready to walk into the Harper Valley PTA. And who knows? Maybe it'll be cool. I doubt it, but maybe it will be. And how this is relevant is that I was thinking about that mulberry tree. How different it was from all the others. But how that made it more of a survivalist. That's one badass species of tree. And then I started speculating on magic. And how much I love mine. How different it is from everyone else's. I remember as a young girl being able to concentrate until a butterfly would land on my finger. I remember being able to move water. My magic is unique to me. While I know that energy is pretty much just energy, right? Depends on who sent it. Depends on what the intent is. The vessel it's flowing through is me. And that's going to put a flavor on the thing. And just like that mulberry tree is just a little bit different, or even a whole lot different than the other beautiful magical trees out there, it's doing something the rest can't. So as usual, I'm having to run back through all the things that make my magic specific to me, just so I can kind of reconfirm in my head that everything's going to be just all right. And I wonder how many of us need to do that sometimes. I work best with cooking. There's this wonderful thing I do that I cannot even explain, but it involves always bare feet, growing my own food, dancing a little while I cook, humming, chanting. Seems to work. But I also do this thing with growing things. And I have this wonderful magic when it comes to fertility. That magic works both ways. Good thing I'm a nice witch, huh? Well, at least I am these days. It's kind of funny, y'all. I'm an Aries, and I'm just all fire all the time. But the most potent spells I've ever, ever put out into this world, I did so in a bathtub or in the shower, just to sing in my heart out. That reverberation running through my body, that sound thumping through me, Hitting the earth, hitting the water, hitting the air. Works best for me. I had a friend who used to say, oh shit, she's gone to the showers. She knew that was going to be trouble. And y'all, I think covens are just fine. And I think classifying ourselves into a particular faith is just fine. I think the trouble comes when we forget that we are extraordinarily specific in the way our magic runs through us. You know, my kitchen doesn't look like anybody else's kitchen I know of. There are herbs still drying on all the corners. There are little mojo dolls sitting right where I want them to sit. I have this affinity for blues and greens. I don't like to wear them. Those aren't the colors I choose to wear. They're the colors I choose to see. I hate to admit it, I'd love to be a little bit more edgy, but Van Gogh just has my number. That cafe painting of his? Well, those are the colors in my kitchen. I was looking up at my spice rack that my husband made me years and years ago. I was looking at it today, running through what I might need for Thursday, running through what I might need to, I don't know, refresh. 
I was amazed at how much of me was on the shelf. Not just the herbs, but a special rock that I loved. Or this indigo blue, which is my favorite color to see. Little decanter. These little grinders that I have pilfered from my friends that use them for other things. I've taken them over so I can grind coriander peppercorn. A beloved chicken's feather. My favorite blue candle. It's a square pillar. I've only lit it two or three times because it just breaks my heart to see it go. It's a very specific kind of magic coming out of that room. I don't think anyone can cook just the way I cook. Not that there aren't more magical kitchen witches out there. There are. I've tasted their food, and they've knocked my socks off, but mine is all mine. My mark is all over it. Sometimes I have to revel in the differences that exist in my bones because so many people out there are not ready to accept that. One of the exercises I gave a student a long time ago to do was to not write down flaws or faults or to even write down qualities or things that they were really proud of, but rather to write down all of the particular primal things about themselves. Forgetting categories like good or bad, I told them to not stop till they hit 50 because there's a lot more than 50 in a body. It was hard for them to get started, but by the time they hit 50, they couldn't stop. It's really difficult to be ourselves if we're consistently, constantly trying to shave off half of ourselves. In many instances, we can find those things that maybe aren't working so well, but are very unique to us, and grow that branch in a different direction. You know, my daddy had a thing about himself where he could not put up with any kind of bullshit at all would drive him insane bullshit had to be called out immediately and so he became a cop my grandma loved symmetry she was very good at it she could see things in pictures but she also could be very obsessive about it everything had to be just where it needed to go and they had to be equal and so she ended up drawing up blueprints without any schooling in this or multiple houses that she ended up building. But some of our unique qualities have nothing to do with giving it away. There is no shame in reveling in all the different facets of you. You know, last night I was showing my boys my little rock collection, which I would love to build. Y'all write in and tell me where you're getting your rocks. I've got a piece of rhodolite that breaks my heart. It's just so beautiful, and the outside is not polished. And I can hold that thing over a flame and just watch it catch fire, hitting all those different little points of light. I always did like my rocks rough. But I was passing around some of these that were polished. One, in fact, already cut into a gem set that could be placed into a pendant. And I ain't crafty, and I don't know how to do it, so I'm going to have to hire someone to do it for me. And they look through all kinds of lovely things. Amethyst points, crystals, labradorite, 
you know, the things that set most people's heart on fire. I got down to the end and I have some raw little chips of perfect opal. Absolutely gorgeous. They're just so small. I've been told I could polish those just a little bit and boy, wouldn't they make beautiful earrings or something? kind of hate to do it. There's just something about turning them over in the light and catching them just right and seeing a blue flame explode across the top of that and then turn it just a little bit more and there's green. That was the biggest hit of the night. It was the most unique thing in that box. It was the least polished. It was the most special. And they may forget all the carnelian and lapis, but I doubt they're going to forget that opal chip. There's this meme that goes around Facebook. I'm sure y'all have seen it. And someone says, you shouldn't say so-and-so, right, at work or whatever. And then the response underneath it is some fella saying, and that's why nobody will remember your own name. You know what? It's totally true. Can't make a mark on the earth if we're trying to fit in all the time. I think that if I could fit in and fit in easily, if it were comfortable for me, that that would be just fine. I think it's when we have to kill parts of ourselves. Hide our tattoos. Hide our gender. Hide our religion. Watch how we speak. Keep our legs perfectly crossed. Somewhere in that, we lose the most important part of ourselves. If you think about it from that angle, you'll feel horribly sad for all those highfalutin, Peyton Place kind of folks. But when I came out of being upset about what had happened to me in this association, I had to give myself a fairly firm talk. Kind of rough myself up a bit because I damn straight know that I can't have it both ways. I either have to conform or accept that I won't be accepted. There's not a lot of room around that, and I know that, and my feelings still get hurt, but I have to kind of kick my own self in the ass and say, well, what else would you do? Are you willing to change? You know you're going to lose your magic if you do that. You're going to go into a nice little box and might get invited to more boring-ass parties where people are all fake to each other. And in the academy, go on in a grand eye zone about all their things that they've published while they're sleeping in separate rooms from their husband or their wife, worried about their retirement and what people think about them. But y'all be careful now. I've seen even pagan communities ask for conformity. The rules are just a little flipped around. I can't tell you how many times I had to explain to folks in mind that I'm not Polly, although I think it's just awesome that they are. Or that I don't prefer sky clad when I'm out with a group. I prefer it at home. Or that I'm not into pantheons. I see the Great Mother as holding all the faces of all these beautiful goddesses. That she's just too fantastically amalgous. To be captured in one image. But, hey, cool. Do that pantheon. And I'm not very popular for that kind of opinion. 
See, even the Isle of Misfits will say you're not fitting in misfit enough from time to time. I'm not going to get into politics on this because, oh honey, there are enough podcasts out there doing that. Let's say that both Democrats and Republicans have had something to say about me. I live way out in the woods. I've had coyotes come up to my back door. I've had a man run through here that was dangerous. It takes the police about 30 minutes to find me, and we've had to run out to the street and holler for him to come back because they had no idea where we were. So I'm not very popular with what's going to come next. I have a firearm to defend myself in case. Now, now, now. I have one put up somewhere very safe. I have been trained a little. I'm about to be trained some more. But I just don't know what my friends would have me do. Squirt that coyote in the face with some water? Threaten him with some fried green tomatoes? I don't know what I would do. It has to be here. So my Democrat friends get pissed at me. Even though I'm out here fighting for gay rights. It's a downfall in their minds that I would do such a thing. I reckon the problem is I don't listen very well to any party. I do not tow that party line. I make all of my decisions based on what my inner compass is leading me to feel and do. And research and information. And then I discern from there. See how that can end up being a problem? I would never make a very good member of any cult. My hand always goes up and says, but what about, (laughs) they never could put me in a box. And I tried to be in one, just for the peace. But I keep wondering what would happen if all of us would stop and just accept all of the unique, cool things about us. Now, I don't mean things that hurt anybody. We've discussed that, and that's off the table for me. But I don't reckon that having a tattoo hurts anybody. Well, it hurts going on, but I don't reckon if my hair were blue, it would hurt anyone. Which is one of the reasons I allowed my daughter to do it, oh my God, 15 years ago? In my estimation, she wasn't hurting anybody. Let her hair be blue. She kind of looked good like that. My son wanted to skateboard, and at the time, I was still in contact with my mother, and she just insisted that skateboard culture means that he will be into drugs. Enter the only kid I have that wants to be a cop, who can ollie like that boy's on fire. These categories just don't work for me. I think we preach a lot about diversity, but I think when we see it in our face, we have a little bit of trouble with it. Human nature, I know. That Eddie Izzard thing just keeps on coming back to me from dress to kill, right? Why did you hit them? And the bullies answer, he said a word we didn't understand. It must be scary. I must be terrifying to some folks. I think the bigger question is why? You know that list I had my student make? That thing 
was so gorgeous. It started off really stilted because the student was still thinking in terms of good and bad, useful or not useful, you know? And then somewhere around item number, I don't know, 20, he started to fly. It became things like we've discussed before, like how I get really pissed off if I sneeze or that the flavor of lemon just drives me wild. Love it so much. Or that even as a witch, one of my favorite movies in the entire world is It's a Wonderful Life. Or that I tend to get melancholy and even cry sometimes when the sun gets kind of late in the sky. Don't even know what that's about. But things like that were on his list. I'm not going to use his particulars here. But they made him so him. So different. So individual. And you know what? I have figured is when someone passes away, it's not the normative things that they did that we miss. It's the weird shit. It's the cool, I can't believe they were like this, and that's the stuff that they talk about. My grandma used to get upset, and when she'd get upset, she would go, quote, take to her bed, end of quote. She couldn't handle it. She wasn't going to handle it. She was going to go squall about it for a while. I remember after she died, that coming up. She gnawed her fingernails, and she gnawed them till there was hardly anything there, and she would not stop gnawing them. That's just what they were. When she started to pass away, I wasn't really fond of the way she was being cared for. One of the first things I noticed when I went to go see her that last time were these long alien fingernails on her. That must have given her some kind of pain. And I never saw the woman ever wear pink, but they put her in a glittery pink coffin. That wasn't her style. Her style was muted colors and earth colors and no jewelry. She did not like wearing it. She only liked short-haired dogs. And even though she had Windex at her disposal, she only liked using vinegar and newspaper to do the cleaning of mirrors and windows and such. She had to have ice in her water to go to sleep. And when she was calling bullshit on you, she would lower one eye. It always looked like she was raising the other eyebrow, but she wasn't. She would just lower that one eye down to a squint to kind of really get you in focus. Make sure she was getting all the information out of you. And she looked ridiculous. And I'd give my right arm to see it again. My favorite thing in the world to do on a summer night was go by the farmer's market and get fresh peaches. Just eat. She'd never get a whole bunch, not while I was around anyway. Just enough for us to take home and sit on a porch and let run down her arms. And she never did go get a towel or anything for that. That was part of the whole fun, you see. These little quirky things made her so much bigger to me. And these are the things that I remember today. I reckon when I'm gone, my boys are going to remember all kinds of funny things, like when I went and fought the principal of their school. 
I brought a lesbian with me, just that they get really confused about whether or not I was coupling with her. She was a good friend. She gave them hell that day. They're going to remember things like that. If my daughter were paying attention, she would remember the time that I jumped onto her school bus and threatened children because they'd been bullying her. It was the 80s. You can't get away with that shit anymore. And maybe we shouldn't get away with that kind of shit. It's still a little quirk about me. Then later on, she went into detention at a very prominent high school, and her punishment was to read the Ten Commandments, and I called the ACLU. That hot temper of mine, it's mellowed out a bit, and it has a lot of fire that needs to go under it to get going again. But it makes me unique, doesn't it? So yeah, I reckon I'm going to walk into that meeting. I've got the perfect t-shirt. I'm going to wear those boots. I'm not going to worry about cleavage. Ugh. My mother used to fuss at me about that so much. I was being indecent, y'all. Obviously, women should try harder not to look sexy. Hide, cover up, be more modest. We're not playing those games anymore. I'm going to paint my fingernails black if I want to. And I'm going to wear a pentagram if I want to. A long time ago, my lawyer told me that the best way for me to hide as a witch was to start doing it in plain sight. That it would make me a much tougher target to take down. That's something I'm going to be studying on over this cold winter. If it weren't for my sons and my husband, I already think I would have walk my ass right through town with a witch hat on. But there are other ways to go ahead and just be me, to not dim my light. I don't think we should ever ask a child to dim their light. I think we're afraid of that light. And what's scary about that, y'all, is that we will then never have any idea who that person could have been at full blast. If you're a bit of a freak like me, You know, the kind that doesn't look like one until she opens her mouth. Maybe you might want to do what I'm doing and ask yourself, how many parts of you are you slowly carving off your soul? How many pounds of flesh have you given up for the norm? The older I get, the less I have to offer up anymore on that particular altar. You feel me? And maybe it's because my body is starting to fall apart. If y'all are young, hang on, honey. It gets really tough. Aging is not for the weak heart. But maybe as the temple, if you will, is starting to crumble a bit here and there, the only thing that matters anymore about the building was what was inside. Maybe I just don't want to miss it myself. I think it matters a whole lot less if people accept you. But I mean emotionally. I think it matters way less who accepts you out there than it does whether or not you do. In fact, I think when we're asking folks to accept us that have right in our face, full tilt boogie, have said, you're not one of us, that the reason it injures us so much sometimes It's because it's a secret fear inside of us that we're not worthy. 
One last thing. It's a silly movie, but you know this. I will bring up silly movies. In fact, I will tend to only bring up silly movies. Because I don't think I want to disparage the ones that are on my top ten. Just in case I fuck them up, but... The other night I saw that movie, I Feel Pretty. She's one of my favorite comedians. I adore her, but... Had this kind of spell over herself where she was absolutely confident. Could stand naked in a window in her own bedroom. And wasn't just that she was trying to fit in anymore. It was that she didn't think she had to. She was just so wonderful in her own mind. And then she hits her head and kind of comes to and... The spell's been broken, and it takes her forever, it's very silly, to figure out that it was always her all along. This little spell she'd been cast into, thinking she was this unique, gorgeous, thumping, beautiful being. Her light was so bright that that actually was her. That instead of a new personality being thrown over her, or a new face being thrown over her, she'd just been cracked open. That is what I'm endeavoring to do before I'm dead. Do not allow it to hurt me anymore. To be my fucked up beautiful self and enjoy every minute of it. I think I've paid enough. I don't know about y'all. But I think I've paid enough. Chopping off pieces of myself. Hiding away things. And I don't just mean the things like witchcraft or... My weird sense of nobility. Someone crosses that line enough, I'm going to call them out. And I never use paganism as an excuse to hurt people. I see it happen sometimes, and I tend to get all up in my salt and make a stink, but that's me. I don't want to carve that out anymore. I've got a blood trail 50-something years long. It's time to let it just spread spill out over the broken down temple, hit the street, flow, have no boundary anymore. You see, in my head, it all comes back round to that mulberry, that tree. If it did not get uppity and change its gender, it would not have fruit. This delicious, long, almost like a blackberry, much longer, with a little bit of a wild kick to it. This long, delectable fruit. That would never come. It would just be a real pretty tree, I reckon, once a year. And yeah, we all do need friends. We need someone out there who loves us and loves all of our little quirks, but that is the the key, isn't it? Do they? I mean... The same things that get on my nerves about my husband are the same things I adore. It's complicated. I've told y'all this before. If you can't find anyone to love all your quirky, weird, eccentric shit, try doing it for yourself. I'm sorry I don't have any more for today. My mind really is on Thanksgiving and making all this food for my kids. And uh, we've got a wonderful trip coming up. We're going to Tennessee. I've got that new project I told y'all about that I'm going to be doing on Patreon. And that's taking up a little bit of my time. I wanted to give y'all something today, even though I didn't really have, I guess, enough content to do what I usually do. But I've got this fan, or that's what he calls himself, Firelight. 
And let me tell you that he puts my blog up every single Sunday. And he says, it's time for my Sunday ritual, y'all. And I see that share every week. And he wrote to me recently. And the thing is, I may not have any other listeners in the world. And that's okay. But this one, this witch, I don't want to let him down. So today's podcast was not that earth shattering. I do apologize. But Firelight, I love you. And I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving, honey. Well, I reckon that's all. I've got a little spell I was going to do tonight and a little ritual. Keeping that to myself. Secrets in the craft, y'all. And I will talk to y'all next week. Be good to each other, but most importantly, don't forget, be good to yourself. You're a beautiful, fucked up human. Ain't it grand? Blessed be y'all. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the deep south.